You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Deontay Damper, and I am the host of We Live in Color. Now, I know I was just with y'all yesterday, but today we have a special report. Uh, have a new friend, right? Uh, when we look at episodes, shows like I Love You, Bobby Purr, um, we see the contestants, we see them participate, but who are they? Who, like, do we really know them? Well, today we're going to get that option today, right? We have a guest who goes by Hot Wheels, but his real name is Anthony and his story is powerful. Yes, this is a story to get to know um, the contestant that was on there, but we're going to have some deep, dives into gun violence in our community and how it impacts all of us. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we will be with Hot Wheels here at We Live in Color. Hi, my name is Dan Wilson, uh, former catcher for the Seattle Mariners. It was a privilege for my wife Annie and I to be a part of the reconciliation tour that journeyed through the heart of the South to embrace our storied history, the sport of baseball, and the ongoing challenges we continue to face. The opportunity presented to the student athletes and coaches from Seattle, as well as the community of West Jackson, have created a memory that will last a lifetime. But we don't want to make that memory short-lived. I invite you to join me and our community on September 27th for the premiere of our Reconciliation Tour film at T-Mobile Park's Ellis Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line and a special guest as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. I hope to see you at the ballpark. I really like being on the team because I can't beat nobody with just only me. I need help. And we're back. And don't forget, everybody, like, share, and subscribe, okay? We are here with We Live in Color. And I'm so happy to welcome my guest, Hot Wheels. How you doing, brother? How you doing today? Hey, good. That's good, man. I, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, <clears throat> I just like watching the show um, and then also having a chat with you. You know, I, I just really wanted to just give you a platform to just have a conversation and share your story. A little bit about how you grew up because um, you're from Texas. You're from Texas. Yes, I'm from Texas. Okay. I've lived Tell in Texas. Us. I've lived in Houston, Texas since I was two years old. Okay. And what was it like growing up there? Um, I still live here. Um for me it wasn't I didn't have a typical childhood. Um I spent most of my childhood in foster care, um, in group homes and you know, being shuffled through the system and I didn't never really have nobody tell me I love you or to buy me gifts or, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, I learned how to adapt. I learned how to, by the time I was 16 years old, I was not only working a full-time job, I was also, you know, hustling. I was going out, cutting yards, cleaning gutters, washing cars, whatever I needed to do to get ahead. Okay, you know, and, and and get ahead as as you did. Now, throughout throughout that, right? Um, what high mm -hmm. school did you go to out there? Were you treated differently in any way? 
Um, by the time I got to high school, I kind of learned how to keep it a secret that I was in foster care because the kids were cruel, like, especially in elementary and middle school. It's crazy. I've never told nobody this either. Um, kids were cruel. Like, kids would literally pick on you for being in foster care. Oh, you're an orphan child. Oh, you're this. Oh, you don't have, that's why you don't have a mama or daddy. Oh, that's why your clothes come from Walmart. Things of that nature. The kids were horrible. Um, so I definitely, you know, by the time I got old enough to, you know, know what was going on, you know, I just kept certain things about myself personal. I learned how to evade certain questions. Yeah, and and and, and throughout that process, as 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 you did that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Find as you were finding yourself, right? Did you get into a lot of fights, or was it? Because you know, so you know, I, I, one thing I love about your personality that I've seen on TV, which I'm quite sure is what they wanted you to see, right? Um, that you know that you stood up, you know how to stand up for yourself. Have you, you always? That's been something that you've always been able to do. Were you a fighter no. too? If you don't mind me asking, actually, honestly and truthfully, I allow people to walk over to walk over me to the point to where I was disrespecting myself. Um, I didn't really start, and that comes with self-respect. When you don't have self-respect or when you haven't been taught to have self-respect for yourself, that comes with a whole nother host of problems. Um, I can definitely say that what I did, um, when probably a little bit after I came out, um, on the gay scene. I didn't come out publicly till I was about 21, 22 years old. And I didn't, um, and I don't consider myself gay either. I consider myself bisexual. Um, I, it was hard, you know, it was hard for me because I had to really, really learn how to distinguish between who was for me and who wasn't for me. And I'm still learning. It's still a process. I'm still a working process. I still have people around me that don't belong or don't deserve to be around me. And, through, and throughout that, pro, like that, the processes, right? Like, you know, um, I know you were saying you went to high school. So what, did you deal with any other hardships thereafter? You, I know you were saying like things no, before I gra- you No, I graduated, were- I graduated from Matasca High School in Humble, Texas. Um, it's pretty suburban school, so luckily my last foster home was in the suburbs. Those kids were so into themselves that they didn't, you know, they ain't notice um, things going around. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna too much get into my last foster home because I'm in the process of writing the book. So, you know, the certain things that I have to leave. For the book, I can't give you my whole story, you know. Right, you right, you, right, you right. You got to save a little bit for yourself, you know. So, so like, as you were going through this, you know, I I know that um, we talked. Uh, you did deal with some hardships thereafter after high school, um, which led to incarceration. Do, can do you mind talking? Well, not right away. Actually, straight out of high school, I was working. I had my own apartment. Um, I actually had. Man, I've had some great jobs. My first job, I was a, I was a, um, straight out of high school. I was working at the YMCA, and I became a program uh, assistant. 
to the I was basically an assistant director at 18, 19 years old. Partying and drinking and hanging out, fuck that off. You know, but it it still didn't stop me. I lost that job, got an even better paying one. <laughs> and worked there for a few years and worked my way all the way up into upper management. It was around the time that I came out, I, I just got tired of hiding who I was. I don't know what it was. I'll never forget. I can tell you the exact first time I went to a gay club. It was December, it was it was December of 2013. I was sitting in my apartment by myself, lonely as fuck. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of, you know depriving myself and hiding who I am. And I went to a gay club and, you know, I got involved with somebody that was not good for me. And they introduced me to certain things in life that I should never have been introduced to. Um, Mind you, at this time, I'm still pretty weak-minded. So I'm allowing people to do things to me and get away with them. You know what I'm saying? All because I didn't have friends. Um, I think that that right there is a massive problem in our community too. That a lot of a lot of people hang around people because they feel like they don't have friends, so they feel like they don't have a choice. And that's something that I myself did. I um got involved with this person, ended up getting in trouble, was in the mall, and they were shoplifting while I was in the mall with them. I Mind you, I'm a area. I just left my job, which I was an area supervisor for one of the stores in the mall. So all the stores know who I am. You know, I've worked in this mall for years. So of course the police come knocking on my door, and they took me to jail too, just because I was with that person. And so when I called that person, it was like, hey, this, this, and this, they they laughed at me. And I should have learned my lesson right then and there, but like a dumbass, I started back fucking with that person. Mm-hmm. And did that, did you end up going to jail behind that? Is that what kind of started the I train? Bond, I bonded out. At the time, I had just quit my job, but I had, I had a shit all the money saved up. Like that job, I had a 401k Roth. I had all kinds of benefits and stuff, so I had done well for myself. I had worked so many hours at the job that I never got to spend my checks. I used to be at work 100 hours a week. Okay. And so, literally, like my checks would say 216 hours for a two-week time period. And and throughout that, like the transition, right? So you were dating this person. You got... You were you got locked up, or let alone. I wouldn't this- say I was dating them. I would just say that it was a very toxic situation. Okay, you were in a toxic situation, shit. And <laughs> I, I I didn't do any jail time. I ended up I ended up paying a fine, which was like forty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and the case was dismissed. Okay, and as you well, kept on going through the areas of of life, right? Right. Um, I ended up I ended up blowing through all of my money a lot sooner than what I had planned. Because I had planned on taking two years off from work. That money was gone within six months behind this person. I'm and so, so I was like, shit, I got to start looking for a job. Bills were getting tight. And I'll never forget, I had, you know, by now I'm 23, tw- I'm 23 years old. Up until now, I've never been behind on a bill. I've always 
taking care of my business. And I'm sitting here in my house and I'm crying and I'm like, damn, where the fuck did all the money go? And I'm counting and I'm looking and I'm like, damn, this person, this person, this person, you know? And so I called them and I said, hey, I need some money for my rent. The motherfucker laughed at me and was like, oh, you better post the ad. I ain't know what posting no ad was. And yeah. it was just a lot. It's, that's more stuff that's going to be in my book. I'm not going to get into that. Oh, my God, you sneaky. You getting me to talk. Right, right. Well, no, no. I think one of the things about it is it's one of those things, right? As community members, we go through these things, right? And I know that you are working in the areas of the book, right? But at the same time, we all go through, we all go through these things and what you, what, you, what has impacted you has impacted us and the ways that we can be able to show up for you is, is listen more to your story. So I'm going to say mind. this. It took me going through this shit to finally say, hey, Enough is enough. I have to stop this. I'm yeah. going to jail. I'm losing money. I'm about to lose the roof over my head. This person has a mother they can go stay with. I don't. I can't go move in with nobody if I lose my shit. So I ended up going back to, to the restaurant industry and going back to work in the restaurant industry. Of course, they're going to bring me straight in as a manager because of my experience. Um... My, I had just wrecked my Altima, so I was carless for like two weeks. Luckily, one of my friends that I was really close with at the time said, you know what, you need a car. Took me to the car lot, cashed me out, bought me a cash car. I should have used that to get back on track right then and there, but instead I was still hanging with this person. Got pulled over one night, went to jail, Signed for probation, 10 years probation for a crime that really had nothing to do, to do with me. But I, I took the probation. And at that point, that was when I started snapping and was like, no, no, no. That's when I started getting respect for myself. That's when I started telling people, no, that's when I stopped allowing people to disrespect me and to run over me. Um, But it still was not enough. You know what I'm saying? It still wasn't enough. I ended up losing my job. Well, I didn't lose my job. I quit my job. We kept getting robbed, and they kept, that last time we got robbed, I was actually at work when the robbery happened, and the people pulled the guns and was holding the guns on me, and I ain't see it. <laughs> so I quit. I quit my job after that. Um, and I started doing, you know, things that I shouldn't have done to keep to maintain my bills rather than standing on using my credentials I started doing the stuff that, you know, you know what the girls do. I started doing things yes, that I shouldn't you, have been doing. But, okay, so, right, so we know what the girls do, and trust me, I was one of the girls that used to do some of the things <laughs> girls do, right? Uh, <laughs> I, was a per, I was a professional borrower. You know, I would take from one store and then professionally borrow those and then go take them to another back in the day. Oh, no, um, no, no, see, I was a hoe. Oh, okay, okay, and, then, so, and see, and the thing about it is, uh, you know, that, and that is okay, you know. I'm not even gonna say I was a hoe because I wasn't even sleeping with my clients. You could say I was a sugar baby. Okay, okay. And ain't nothing and wrong with that. And and what was? Can I ask you a question though? Like, like we we try to always shame people in the areas that work in the areas of of sex work or work 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 such as that, right? What was? Did you have any scary moments uh, within that with, within doing that work? I had a client actually rape me. I'm sorry. 
And um, I've only ever told one person that, you know, I can't call the police because I put myself in that situation. And I'm not going to get laughed at. And once again, this was another this was another time that said your life was spared. Stop doing what you're doing. Take your ass back to work. And so eventually I did go back to work, but you know, I smoke weed and I couldn't stop smoking weed. So my PO told me if you if you piss dirty again, I'm gonna lock you up. And I knew that they were gonna give me five to ninety-nine years. So I basically said, fuck her, and went on the run. And I went on the road. I went on this wild six-month uh, tour. I hit over 30 states. You said, you, uh, oh, hold on, hold on. You said you, said you went on a six-month tour. I wanted mm-hmm. to move on. You got out of there. And I came back into Houston one day, and instead of staying home, like my brother told me to, I wanted to go out to the club, got pulled over, and hence I did four and a half years in jail. I got out April of 2021. And what was that experience like, um, just going in there? I mean, I've heard... I most definitely after, maybe I stopped taking shit in there. Them uh, COs okay. wasn't going to talk to me no any kind of way, and it wasn't another inmate that was going to talk to me any kind of way. Nobody on God's green earth was going to fix their mouth to talk to me any kind of way. And it's nothing personal. I just allowed, I stopped accepting disrespect. I got, I learned how to respect myself. And through, and through, can you hear me okay? Sorry, mm-hmm. my sound was. I got shot two months after I got out of, out of prison. Yeah, and, 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 and if, you, if you feel comfortable, can you walk us through that process of what happened? Um, so, yes. It was June 28th of 2021. Um, I I had closed the store as as normal. Um, I was the co-general manager at Asonic. Um, I closed down my store. Um, and I stopped at the gas station to get me some snacks and stuff. And as I was coming out of the gas station halfway to the car, all you hear is pop, 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 and I froze. It was like 50 people in front of the store, too, mind you. Like, this store is actually a public nuisance. It um, it was like a whole block party going on at the store at 1 o'clock in the morning. You feel me? Like, there were, there were people everywhere. People gambling, people smoking, inside, out the store, selling, all kind of shit. It was, you know, your typical hood, hood store, but times 10. And I came out that store and I heard the bullets. I froze. I did. I froze. And I dove to the ground and I tried to dive under a car. And all I know is I couldn't get up and there was blood everywhere. Um, I couldn't move. And I started screaming for my best friend. And he jumped out of the car and he ran to me. And he called 911. He called his mom. Um, it took the ambulance and the police an hour to get there. And I don't understand why it took the police an hour to get there when there's a police station two minutes down the road. There's another one five minutes down the road. And there's another one 
20 minutes down the road in Acres Home. I don't understand how it took them an hour to get there. When, when I don't understand how it took an ambulance to get there when this where I was at sits in between 45 and the Beltway. That means it crosses every major hospital in this city. 15, 20 minutes away from downtown. And it took the ambulance an hour to get there. I don't understand. Does that happen often in, in Texas, in Texas situations like, like during shootings? Has, only, in that... the, only in the African-American neighborhoods. Okay. And what, county, what county are you in out there? I'm in Harris County. Okay. So what, what how did you find out um, through that process that uh, of, of your, your disability, of the disability, what would come to be your disability? Um, I actually was in a coma. Um, I lost my kidney and my spleen when I got shot. So it was, when I woke up, I had a used tube down my throat. I couldn't talk. Um, so they took the tube out. They weren't expecting me to live, by the way. They weren't. They thought I was going to be, you know, dead. Um, I couldn't move any part of my body. I couldn't even sit up. My ribs were broken, too. Um, when they told me I couldn't walk, I just, I cried a lot. When I say I cried a lot, I cried every day. All day. Every day, all day. I cried. And through, throughout that process of... um that of that transition did you have supportive family members did you have supportive friends um my friend and his mom my friend my best friend came to see me when i first got shot in the hospital um my 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 gay brother he came to see me my foster brothers they came to see me um immediately my foster sister she came to see me um, my pastor, he came to see me a lot. Um, but my real family, my biological family, it took them two months after I had been in the hospital to come see me. And that hurt. Yeah. And that had to be like, uh, like, I guess it's like transitioning into like your new life. Right. And let, let alone just now being impacted by foster care, the prison system, um, and then getting out and being shot and then having to find this new way of life, right? Yeah, um, it's really, honestly, truthfully, mentally, it's like, it pushed me to my brink. Yeah. I really, really had to find God after this. Yeah. And I and, still, even still, I have, I have my days, I have my good days, and I have my bad days. <clears throat> It can, I, been, can I ask you a question? Um, what would you want people to, because you're, because you're shooting, it wasn't solved, right? Um, it, no, um, they found the shooter, but you know, it had nothing to do with me. I was an innocent yeah. bystander in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just like 15, last year, uh, in the last year alone, over 1,500 people have been killed in Houston from, oh from gun violence. Um, that's not counting how many people were shot like me who have injuries that they have to deal with for the rest of their life. So 
it's 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 a lot. It's it's a lot. Um, for me, I had to really lean on God for my support, um, and that was the only the only person that I've been able to one hundred percent lean on that I can trust to see me through everything. If you're in a situation like me, if you were shot and you're watching this interview, I really, really don't put any faith in people because people are going to let you down, especially in this situation. They're going to let you down over and over. It might be because it might be hard for them to see you like this. It might be because they're just selfish. Who knows? But don't expect anybody to do anything for you. Well, you know, one of the things about it is I, I respect of you doing things for yourself, right? Now, we have to take a quick break, but um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how ways people can be able to support you and to put a stop to gun. How can we do a better job to put a stop to gun? I, wanna, I do want to add one thing, though. Yes, you can. If you're in my situation as well, when you show people that you're making a huge and humongous effort, you're going to get the help that you need. Don't be lazy either. Don't give up on yourself. That's all I had to add that. You, you know, you, well, you had to. And, you know, I love because I, you know what? I think we're like twins because I do this too <laughs> when I'm when I'm trying to make a point. So in the meantime, we're going to be right back when we live in color. Hi, my name is Dan Wilson, uh, former catcher for the Seattle Mariners. It was a privilege for my wife Annie and I to be a part of the reconciliation tour that journeyed through the heart of the South to embrace our storied history, the sport of baseball, and the ongoing challenges we continue to face. The opportunity presented to the student athletes and coaches from Seattle, as well as the community of West Jackson, have created a memory that will last a lifetime. But we don't want to make that memory short-lived. I invite you to join me and our community on September 27th for the premiere of our Reconciliation Tour film at T-Mobile Park's Ellis Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line and a special guest as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. I hope to see you at the ballpark. I really like being on the team because I can't beat nobody with just only me. I need help. And we're back. Um, thank you so much, y'all, for being here. Curtis, my wonderful director, can you bring Hot Wheels back in the room? What's up, brother? So we're back with the second half. Now, I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of, like, the transition. So how did you end up um, applying for... Uh, I love you, Bobby Purr. How do you feel about doing real, in reality TV of all else? I've been single for eight years. So um, I was genuinely looking for somebody that I feel like has hustle, drive, and ambition like myself. Um, I was looking for someone, you know, that I thought, you know, had a good heart. Yeah, and what was it like when you like when you got there? Was it was a process to get on the show? Was it grueling? No, um, I sent in the audition. I got a call back about a week after, um, and it was on from there. And and how was the experience? I seen what we seen like 
on camera were there any specific moments where you were where you really enjoyed um enjoyed the show because it seemed like in, in the like as i've watched like you know you just had a couple of moments where it was like you were over it i was um over a lot of it but overall i really enjoyed it i i love being on the water it's so peaceful it's so it's so soothing and relaxing and we were surrounded by nothing but water um zeus really went out of their way to make sure that i was okay they were getting the handicapped vehicles transported me separately all of that um i myself told them to stop because i'm trying to get stronger um because i do see a lot of people comment on this stuff zeus anything that i needed for my for my accessibility anything that i asked for as far as to make me comfortable it was provided and if it wasn't all i had to do was ask for it and that had to be great and then you um and then going through the process of like getting kicked out like that last episode to be honest for me it was hard to watch right because i think like as you my were feelings were actually hurt i don't know if you could tell but my feelings were actually hurt when i i'm a virgo so when you shut us up that means that you've really hurt our feelings. Yeah. And, well, and let me rephrase. When you break, when you make us break character. Okay. okay. For me, I'm a shit talker. So when you don't hear me talking shit, either I'm pissed off or my feelings are hurt. Yeah. And and you know, I, I heard you trying to say a little bit about your story and then kind of just got shut down. Um, yeah, Roland Ray is a disrespectful motherfucker. He's gonna say fuck June 28th. He's, let me tell you something. I went on that show and I genuinely was trying to be Ray's friend. Ray was rude. He was nasty. He was disrespectful to me from day one, from jump. And, you know, I, I really, really tried. So anything y'all see from me in the future, I don't care if it's me macing this bitch in the middle of the street if I see her. Okay. Y'all okay. can't judge me for it because I went out of my way to try to be nice to Ray. And people are still attacking me behind him. Well, 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 what about like throughout the space of like your your relationship with Bobby? Like Bobby has actually came here to Seattle a couple of times and performed during our Pride event. Bobby actually came to Houston to see me. And he apologized. And with me, I can accept an apology face to face, especially when a person says, hey, I was wrong. I was intoxicated, you know. This is what happened to Woo, so on and so forth. Bobby also, before the episode aired, sent me a sent me a message apologizing again. So if I can forgive the person that shot me, you know, forgiving Bobby is no is no problem. But Ray, before I even accept or or <clears throat> excuse me, before I even acknowledge an apology from him. I, hmm. Yeah, I I understand. So you know, um, when you were a, when you were exited from the show, right? What did you did you like behind the scenes? Like, were you did you have some good friends out there? Which one? Who were you closest with uh, in the in the house? I'm most definitely. I can say I'm closest to Jameson, Trizzy, Savage. Um. And so those are my top four that I'm the closest with. I have a bond 
<clears throat> with each and everybody else on the show, with the exception of Dimitri, though I will say that I have a friendship yeah. with the rest of them niggas, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so throughout this process, my question too is like, are you gonna go to the reunion? Are you feel are you feeling a way about 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 going through that process? Are you a little angst of seeing everybody again? I'm still considering if there's a reunion, if I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I do want to also ask, you know, because we got, I know it was supposed to be 30 minutes, but I don't care. I want to talk to you for as long as possible. What do people, what, what, so we do this thing on, on the show where we um, celebrate people. Yeah, well, yeah I got to, um... The, the people that help celebrate us, like get get us to where we're at. Is there anybody that you would like to acknowledge? Shout out. Um, God. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So so thank you to God. And then and then what what's next for you? Where can people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram, Twitter. TikTok and keep y'all's fingers crossed and keep y'all's eyes open and we'll see. Okay. Well, Anthony, um, you know, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. We were talking on the phone like we knew each other for years earlier, but I appreciate you. I appreciate your spirit. I think of like you trying to bring the conversation of gun violence in our community. My heart goes out to you and Houston. Hopefully they can get us together. No different from how it is here. They, in need, to get rid of they need to clear houses with these. I'm not going to lie. Republicans got one thing right. Law and fucking order. Yeah. The police okay. act like they scared now. Okay. Well, that's a different subject, but I do want to thank you. <laughs> I do want to thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much, Hot Wheels, and to everybody else out there in the community. Join us on, on our actual day, which is Wednesday at 8 p.m. We live in color. Anthony Hot Wheels, thank you for helping us live in color. Okay. We out of here. Thank y'all. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.